0: When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Unbetween. I say back because it's been a a minute, Um, and our goal is still the same, to to make more episodes, to do more, and to, uh, you know, have tougher conversations. We, we hit a little hiccup in, and maybe not too big a one. You know, we, we've missed an episode or two that we would have liked to put out. Um, but we're jumping back in and recording. Taylor, what do our folks have coming up for them this week? What do our folks have coming up for them this week? Yeah, on the podcast.
1: Oh, you mean what is this episode about?
0: I was trying to be I, creative. I, Thanks, man.
1: I, I don't know what it's <laughs> about.
0: <laughs> should we start over again? No,
1: no, we should not. <laughs> well, we have a conversation around... Imagine this making sense of the uh, middle ground between two opposing viewpoints. I know y'all are shocked at the fact that we've never done that before. Having another conversation about that, but really, it's just where we find ourselves continually trying to make sense of the this and the that around around life. And we talk some uh, basically about bearing with one another in love, and we do talk some politics. We're, We're kind of. The, those Those voices are kind of shouting culturally right now, and so there's mm-hmm. kind of a lot to say and a lot to think about. so we we do talk about that some, but really, at the root of it is just like how do we how do we bear one another's burdens in love as people of faith and how do we respond to uh, a, a world that doesn't that doesn't run to the rhythm of Jesus, if I can put it that way.
0: Yeah, it's important. Let's hear more. So what's it been a month, probably since yeah. we
1: have recorded? Yeah, something like that, pretty close. And we'd settled into a pretty good rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so much of this is not, uh, you know, finding things to talk about, but it's just getting into the regular rhythm of when to bring it up and when to plan it and when to when to make it happen, all that kind yeah. of stuff.
0: Yeah, and life happens in the midst of that. And it does not. It's uh, it can be interesting. You know, I joked with with Taylor what. I don't know, probably about a month ago that we needed to tell our bosses like we, we have to share light weeks and and heavy weeks <laughs> um so that we have time for this but it is it, it is very much that and I know we've each gone through different like kind of portions of that and yep. trying to balance um you know your 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 main the, the thing you do that keeps the lights on at your house and keeps your family fed and you know cuz those things are good and then the other things that are um passion Projects or things that God has called you to that you feel like you're supposed to pursue, and sometimes that's tough. Um, I totally, totally understand that. Yeah, but so, but so worth it though. It is, and and, and I noticed a difference. You know, I mean, it, it's been about, and I don't know, I may be wrong. In a month, I think it's probably been about a month since we released the last one. Yep. Um, and it is. It's. I can go a couple weeks. And feel like it's okay because I know that means we are soon a month. It was hard to go through because it's like, man, that's something that's filling. Even just our conversations um, that we have on a normal basis that you know when we're busy, don't we don't have as much. So it's it's like, okay, well, you notice that's missing after about four weeks. I feel yeah. like, and it's like, man, we got to do this, um, yeah, because I miss it. But it it's interesting
1: because uh, y'all may not know this, but we've never actually recorded in person in the same room ever. Yeah. And this is the first time. Yeah, I had something to do on the side of town where Ryan lives, and I finished that up right about the time that we had talked about getting together. So I was like, "Well, I'll just I'll just bring my gear with me, and we'll,
0: we'll make it happen." I don't know. It's just nicer to have those conversations in person, which we get to have those. Like we'll go yeah. for a drive or get together for lunch and and say, "Man, we should have recorded this," but because <laughs> um, that is so much of what we do is just talk about what's going on and in our lives and culture. Um, somehow it always kind of ends up the same place even if we're just together kind of shooting the breeze but
1: yeah we we've both talked about the fact well a couple things that um it's not that we don't like small talk per se but if given the choice the way that we'd like to spend our time with other people is talking about meaningful things like we, we cut up and we joke and all that kind of stuff but woven in and around the the good time we're having is is the like it's just it just kind of bubbles up you know yeah uh, i remember when i was younger kind of noticing that that the folks that i was around like oh we're not having to try and interject jesus into things it's just what we're thinking about it just happens yeah yeah and i think i think that's i think that's great where it's not like okay it's it's time to talk about the thing now it's like man this is just this is just a part of my life and i can't you know i don't have to try to make it come out necessarily yeah. it's just there
0: yeah, and that's how it should be, right? I mean, I think, I think so. we've segmented things. We've talked about this a little bit, but segmented so much into, well, this is my work, you mm-hmm. know, mentality, mindset, this is my church mentality, mindset and and what you end up doing is creating very different personas across yeah. diff- different aspects of your life where it should all be together, you know, and, and you have people we we've even joked about you're probably more honest with the people at the bar than you are with the people <laughs> in the church and yeah. and that's not at all what it what it should
1: be. Yeah. You know it's interesting. I had this this is a while ago, but um we we work with a I work with a whole lot of different people and yeah. a bunch of different entities and things because of the nature of what I do. And somebody remarked, "Hey, you know you have a different dynamic with those folks over there than anyone else does." And I was like, "No." "What what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, the, like people don't necessarily get all laughy and jokey with yeah. them." And I was like, "I, I <laughs> I'm not trying to be laughy or jokey. It's just that I like enjoying the people I work with. And for me, humor and a lightheartedness is part of that. I mean, obviously, we take the work seriously, but just I I don't know any other way to be. I'm not trying to do anything. But that thing of like, I I just hopefully I'm more or less the same person wherever you might find me. I hope that's that's what
0: I hope. That's what I shoot for anyway. I hope that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I find that personally not that you're looking for my my validation (laughs) but but yeah i I find that um you know there's things that shift obviously if you're talking to um someone that is more of your i guess a peer versus someone that you're accountable to you know what i mean there's some dynamics there but um for anyone not i'm not saying you specifically but like i I think you're right overall we should be able to um have that rapport and and i think that's important because I think there's a, a mentality that the people in your church should never see you upset, or hmm. you know. And yeah. if that's the case, they're probably never seeing you really get passionate about something you believe in. Yeah. Because um, I know for me, when I when I do, it, it's that there's people who look at me and say, "Well, I, I mean, you kind of got in a fight with so sir." I'm like, "No, I didn't. This is just important <laughs> to me, and it's going to show. You're going to hear my voice, you know, get a little higher pitched. You're going to hear me get a little louder because this is important." And sometimes it doesn't seem like everybody understands that importance. You know, it's like yeah. my kids. I'm not trying to yell at them all the time, but when they do something that is, you know, life-threatening or, you know, sitting there playing with sticks, snakes, or whatever, <laughs> like, snakes. I may raise my voice a little and tell them, hey, let's not do that so that they understand the importance of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because I, I know my kids. None of the three are going to stop what they're doing if I'm like, hey, maybe don't touch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that I don't try that first, but I'm very quickly going to be like, Hey, put that down. It will bite your face off, you know, <laughs> because there's, there's an urgency there that if we don't pay attention to the problem, something really bad's going to happen.
1: I think urgency is the key word. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, uh, you know, or that word has an interesting connotation because you think of, you almost think of emergency, uh, mm. but what we were talking about a minute ago is is the stuff that's important bubbles up. Yeah. And uh, I wonder, to your point, how often we keep the stuff that's important out of our conversation and out of our ca- like casual acquaintance relationships and even out of our church experience, where what is most important to us is actually not what we spend our time thinking yeah. about and talking about
0: to the people around us. Well, we've probably all heard the thing, like, you know, if you want to make friends, don't talk politics or religion, mm-hmm. you know? And... Yeah, but are those friends or friendly acquaintances? I don't know, and that's what I'm thinking here. Like, you know, I think there's... We've we for so long tried to keep either politics completely out of the church or too wound up in the church and not talked about it healthily. Um, healthily? Is that a word? I think so. In a healthy now. manner. No, I'm all about creating words. But, like, I think... And and I don't I mean we're even us on the podcast like we don't want to get too wrapped up in in politics or be a political podcast but there is so much now that I think is an outflow of either trying to wrap it too much or not enough mm. in in the realm of and I hate to say in the realm of the church but in the realm of our beliefs yeah I think a lot of it comes back to the whole echo chamber thing where you're gonna pull in even from a politics standpoint you're gonna pull whatever you want to into your thought processes and ignore the rest and I think there's got to be a level of understanding and middle ground to really understand the impact. But I think that the there's been this kind of, um, I don't think bias is the word, but like trend of just ignoring it and hoping it'll go away within the church or it'll mm. settle itself. In some regards, it's tough because I think there's, there's multiple facets there. There's some who, oh, I'm just going to ignore it and it's not going to be a problem. Um, or, you know, I'm not supposed to be focused on that at all, which I am. Mean, there's probably valid points to any of these, but then on the other spectrum, it's, well, this is, you know, completely what should drive our, our yeah. beliefs, and that's not right either. But
1: No. Uh, somebody said something to me recently that has been super helpful, really, in all walks of my life, and yeah. it's that it's the last 10% of the conversation that most people don't want to have, but it's that last 10% of what needs to be said that actually it will make the difference in the interaction. Hmm. And so it is, it really landed on me to help motivate me to make sure I'm being honest with wisdom, you yeah. know, and saying what actually needs to be said, and not stopping short of even if it's uncomfortable. But that if you want real relationships with people with room to talk about politics and religion and money or whatever else, that 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 la- that final uncomfortable ten percent has to be on the table. Yeah, and it's hard to you know. It's super uncomfortable, (laughs) especially with people that maybe you have to see every Sunday morning. Right. And how do you meaningfully be honest with people with the understanding that it goes, the the equity has to go both ways, and how do you cultivate expectation for
0: that? That's challenging stuff. I think sometimes, too, like what we're talking about may not even be so much political as as moral. You know, I wonder how much we try to lump into that that's... We try to make political when there's probably a more uh, biblical reason for it. Well,
1: I think you're right. I, I think the reality is that we want politics to administer our morals to other people, right? And that we and want that's never been the function of. Well, it's tricky. No. <laughs> I mean, it depends on who you ask and which part you look at, but um, I think. I think it comes back to comfort. Actually, we've talked yeah. about this a little bit more. That if, if our own, uh, if our own morality, if the things that we think are true should, that should be upheld, yeah. if those are the law of the land, then that means we don't have to be uncomfortable. And so, part of the kind of vitriol or conflict that comes that that it comes from is you have opposing points, opposing moral viewpoints, who both. The, the camps of which both think that the way that we view the world and the way we do life should be the law of the land mm-hmm. and should be the societal or cultural expectations on behalf of everybody. and it's the there's the Venn diagram of compatibility <laughs> doesn't overlap very far in some yeah. instances between this or that issue.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's that's interesting because you look at even and I've listened to some interesting podcasts on this, but like the whole concept of us being founded as a Christian nation. And part of that was even based on who you talked to. Back to your point, like part of that was even just to have some kind of a moral structure to govern and mm-hmm. to keep peace in a way more so than that. All of the founding fathers were Jesus following individuals, right? Yeah. Um, it's but, it's quite complicated
1: that issue. Th- this is something I I feel pretty passionately about because neither quote side likes to be very honest about how complicated the situation is
0: yeah.
1: and that on the one hand you have some folks who would like to appropriate the founders intent and say what they meant was to create a theocracy that was ruled by the bible yeah and conversely you have some other folks who want to say that no they didn't they they wanted to found a a society devoid of the influence of any religion, direct influence, and it was supposed to be free and open. And just neither of those are true. They're just blatantly not. Right. And this is where it makes it hard for people of faith, because it is true that uh, uh, the USA, anyway, was founded at least in part assuming the existence of the Judeo-Christian God and Mm -hmm. some of the principles of the Christian religion. Nowhere close to all of them. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Um, but that does not mean, and this is, this is true and e- well-documented, that doesn't mean that all of them were what we would call following Christ. Yeah. In fact, I would say most of them weren't, Yeah, and that they had a civil, moralistic, not deist in the classical sense, I mean, a few of them were, but right. the same thing that passes for authentic faith in our nation today, mm-hmm. that moralistic, therapeutic deism, I've heard it called. Of like or, or Christian deism, if you like, yeah. that yeah, we'll agree to these few points of doctrine, but functionally we're deist in that we just kind of do our own thing yeah and have this kind of vaguely vague moral structure that's plugged into the idea of a God who's way up there and not all that interested in what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and, and, but conversely it's like you you can't you can't pretend that these guys weren't getting their ideas from the Bible. Right. <laughs> it's just it's so well documented. And so yeah, again, yeah. You, you have this awkward middle ground where it's like, okay, so what do we do? And what the New Testament seems to address is to be like, well, that none of that is kind of the point. You're to quote John Foreman, "We we pledge allegiance to a nation without borders. Right. We we are part of a kingdom that is not of this world, and our citizenship is somewhere else." We've yeah. had co- some of these conversations kind of before. But um, just that, yeah, you can lean into this here and there, but this is not going to be the solution. This is not going to be the primary way to solve all the problems. That's right. right? And and the thing is, both, quote, sides will convince you that they can solve the problem. Yeah. If we just get these people in, if we just pass these laws, if we just have these freedoms, if we just get that girl in the White
0: House or whatever. Yeah.
1: And it's it's just it's never it's never going to work. It's A mess. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I heard, and I can't remember where I heard it. It was probably like Fox or CNN, and I'm going to get canceled by the other side. <laughs> uh, the next podcast we'll say just it was Taylor. <laughs> yeah, but it, they, they made the point like you can't legislate morality, like it doesn't work. Um, part of that's because we're sinful humans, right? So you can't just say, "Well, it's illegal to do this," and everyone's going to obey. But you know, just making the legislation isn't necessarily going to solve the problem when you've got all these different sides and people out there
1: but the tricky thing is that's exactly what a law is it is a legislated moral code that's right and so the again this is where it gets tricky our societal morality has to come from somewhere (laughs) you know like this the laws have to derive from some kind of universal truth and who gets to decide what that is right
0: especially when not everyone has the same belief system that's right So we've answered it, clearly. Because we would say, like, yeah, (laughs) cool, Uh, next. Yeah, because, I mean, it's easy as believers to say, well, I know where that that comes from. Yes. But if you don't believe in the same God that we do, right, Mm -hmm. Um, then, or who God is, even, let's find every multiple facet we can. Yes. Uh, But like it just doesn't work that way.
1: No, which means it's not where we should spend most of our time and energy and resources trying to make stuff happen in that arena. It's not that it doesn't matter and it's no. not that God doesn't call people at times to run for office or vote or campaign or or be an activist. Like that's none of that's any of my business for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for what the Lord is calling me to do and that's all any of us can claim really. But the amount of time that we spend on this stuff versus loving our neighbor and making disciples, because we know that's how things actually change.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do you point people to Jesus? Probably not by pointing them to this legal, political mm-hmm. structure. It's and, probably by starting somewhere else, and then yeah. maybe that 10% when you get there, it'll change it.
1: And the New Testament is instructive in that Rome was very like America in many ways. Not not exactly, but there's a lot of, of overlap there. And the the time when the new testament was was being written and being read and being lived the head of state in the empire in which it was written was worshiped as a living god so <laughs> you know they weren't they were yeah. not attempting to change rome they were attempting to change romans if that makes sense and yeah. that well not even that really they were just trying to love and serve the other people around them who are also subjects of this pagan empire, and that's kind of where the people of God have found themselves most of the time throughout history, as a nation of exiles, either literally or figuratively, because Israel were literally exiled to Babylon, and then the New Testament authors would pick up that language and refer to the church that way. Peter does it, Paul does it, and like and they were talking to gentiles they were talking to people who weren't yeah. jews but they were f- referring to them in the same way as they had the the exiled israelites yeah and i think that's kind of what we're getting at here is that you can it it's it's the uh forget if it's in jeremiah or isaiah the the whole Build houses and live in them, since you're in this pagan land you know seek the pre- the peace and prosperity yeah. of the city while you're there, but know that ultimately your allegiance and your citizenship is somewhere else
0: yeah and and I think that's part of what's so tough, and why I don't know probably within the past few years i I've, I've paid a little more attention than I want to to some of it because we're we're almost now in this culture that's very well you said it earlier there there's the idea of God, but not everyone truly. You know, knows what that is, right? Mm -hmm. It it may be there for their therapy or whatever to make them feel better. But, but we also live in a culture that I feel like more and more every day is celebrating sin, yeah, and celebrating you know things that um, are are pretty problematic. And so, when you are living there and trying to raise a family in that world, even though you know, hey, this isn't my where where my citizenship Mm -hmm. is, right? Where my allegiance lies. It's tough because you are you are trying to point your your kids your friends your family toward God when culture surrounding us is is pointing you anywhere but
1: yeah and this is this is true no matter where on this quote spectrum that you fall because we have friends that live in Portland Oregon yeah and that that is pretty pagan for lack of a better word as we would define it in terms of like it's pluralistic it's you I mean Theologically and politically tends to be more left leaning. Yeah. And some of the things that I've heard them describe about where they live are totally foreign to where we live in the conservative South. But there's stuff about living in the conservative South that is just it's as just gnarly problematic. And, yeah. and, and problematic and has roots, you know, way back in history. Yeah. And so it's not like it's not like any of us there there is no ideal. There is no utopia. And I mm-hmm. think that's the lie that is told through both of those kind of thought systems is that if we can just this, then we'll get things the way that we want to be. Yeah. Whereas for followers of Christ, it's, it's like, that's that's not how God works. And also everything will not be made right until the Lord returns and new creation comes. That's That's the end game in yeah. which the problems are fixed. And our call is to be a little like, a little fortress or a little beachhead of yeah. new creation yeah. in our homes and in our lives and in the way that we love and serve the people around us and that that's how the kingdom of God wins ground and advances.
0: Yeah, and, well and to be the body, right? And so you see political parties and, and even last night I was watching, you know, I'll turn on YouTube and try and get a few updates because I don't, I don't want to watch a whole news segment I'll, you know, go to sleep depressed and, <laughs> and probably wake up more depressed from dreaming about it, but but you know, you, you've got each side just screaming about the other side and how wrong they are and why they've messed up the world, and, and maybe some of it's true, right? Yeah. but but if we look at the body of Christ and how we're supposed to work together, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming the body of Christ has a left arm and a right arm, right? <laughs> and so how do you work together to compromise and to find a middle ground that's not celebrating sin, but also not taking the problematic things of you know each side and just I'm trying to rule based on that.
1: I think the reality is that there's no easy way to do that. That you do that by having that last 10% of the conversation no. and, dis- and that discomfort. And you, you do that by bearing the burdens of people you'd rather not. That but
0: different. is the government willing to have that 10% of the conversation? You well, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one thing for you and me to, but we don't get to have much of an impact. That's not the government's job, though, is it? I guess not. Yeah. They just get to scream each other. <laughs> well in in this is is the whole and i I didn't want to go too political with it it's just there's that kind of in nature that's i don't know for whatever reason been a lot more apparent to me um lately based on probably even things within our community you know we just had like school board votes and so you have stuff kind of put in your face a little more and um obviously some of the stuff on around you know presidents and, and upcoming election. Like you're just seeing it more and more and it's tough because it's like, man, none of these people are, or what I would consider good people. Like, or, yeah. you know, I, it would be nice if I could tell my kid like to look up to their president, but hey, maybe don't. It's been a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and that, that's the thing I, I was talking to somebody the other day about this is for me, it's, it's an integrity yeah. thing is that I could, I could say good things about somebody that i wildly disagreed with if I felt like they had integrity.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because I, I know some people like that Yeah, where it's like, man, we're just nowhere near anywhere close, but oh. I will speak well of you as a person yeah. and the way that you conduct yourself. I don't believe the same things that you do, Right, but I, I don't, th- I don't think you're like, I don't, I don't think you're a piece of crap Yeah, any more than, than all of us are pieces of crap.
0: Well, and that's part of the, the problem, right? Is is most of those people you've probably sat down and been able to have that conversation with? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I brought up the other day talking to someone. There's a guy who is definitely on. Uh, well, I I don't know where he considers himself now. I think he's changed. I think he probably identifies more on the on the right side of the spectrum. It's definitely more conservative. But he um, but there's a meme going around. I didn't really know much about him, and then I noticed him from the meme, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this dude. But his name's Stephen Crowder, and he will set up a table on a campus and basically say, Oh, the change my mind guy. The change my mind guy. And and I never wanted to pay any attention to it, but I I watched a couple of the YouTube videos, and whether or not I agree with him or not on an issue, he's literally sitting down with people at a table and having a conversation. Now, sometimes it can get heated, but for the most part, he's just trying to make sure they understand. From the ones I've watched, I've not Mm -hmm. gone through his full, you know, uh, library of, of videos, but for the most part, what you see is him trying to communicate his point, let them communicate theirs and see if they can change his mind. And, and just to lay down the facts in the process. Now, are all his facts accurate? I don't know. Again, I'm not like a disciple of this dude. I just watched a couple videos and I thought it was interesting the ability he had to have this conversation. Now, what I have found out in recent weeks is that he did not have that ability with his wife and, and there's Mm. some stuff there and um, who knows, he's, he's likely to be canceled for the way he treated his wife, which was pretty wrong from what I've seen, but it's, it's interesting to me that we're not really willing to have those conversations because they're tough. Yeah. And part of it, I think we're not willing to really do the research on the back end to be able to have the conversation. Who wants
1: to do any of that,
0: man? (sighs) Yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier not to, but, but
1: to, to drill down kind of to the next level is that it, to do that well, it's uncomfortable over time. It isn't just you have an uncomfortable moment, but to make sense of a relationship with somebody that you have to navigate, which all of your relationships, if you're being honest, you're going to have to navigate right. if you're being honest with the other person or other people. And it's just, it serves every one of our selfish purposes better to give ourselves a reason to not engage. Mm-hmm. They're from that tribe. They're problematic. They did that, and I'm not okay with that, so I'm, I'm done. Or they did the, They said this thing 20 years ago and we know better now. So we don't need to listen to that. And, and I'm not even saying that that's not true sometimes, especially yeah. that person. That like yeah. uh, some people you probably don't need to have anything to do with. Right. <laughs> at, oh, yeah. After a certain point.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and people change. You know, there's been people I've listened to who um, seem to have a level ahead. And then the more and more you listen, it's like, oh, wait, you're going somewhere pretty not where you were. Yeah. Like you took a turn. Yeah. And you committed like full mm-hmm. speed ahead. And so then these people who you identify, you know, with their thought processes, and, and there's so many words I don't even like using anymore, um, like identify, but basically, <laughs> the, they, like they're close to you and you can resonate, what, what they say resonates with you. Then a year later, two years later, you're like, who are these people? And, and when you see it, and it's going to happen on each side, right? I mean, there's people who are going to go more one way and, and then others who go the other, but um, I think that's why it's so important for us to pay attention to to even the the in-between, of the, the, what we're doing, the in-between. Ah, um, uh, he said it. But, like, you know, th- there, there's a middle ground there that we often ignore because we've got really loud endpoints. Um,
1: Do you think, uh, there, there's often a criticism for, like, they call it either whataboutism or, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, uh, th- there's a criticism I've heard, about trying to stick to a middle ground that is basically you're just excusing yourself from ever having to commit to a position, or you're just trying to avoid conflict for the sake of placating, or, or you know, whatever exactly. But in your mind, what's the distinction between what we're talking about and that?
0: I, I don't think that's true. I think it ignores the nuance of people, um, you know, who who don't. Because by, by that logic, you've got your, your right and your left, basically, you know, uh, and maybe that's the problem where we're pretending there's just two choices, but you've got the left screaming, well, if you're on the right, you're, you're racist. Well, then what's someone who's clearly conservative but not a racist supposed to do mm-hmm. other than say, well, I'm not that, Yeah. you know, um, same thing with the left. There's arguments there, right? And I think, I think it's a problem. Because it just it it ignores that people are complicated <laughs> is what it does, yeah
1: um, I think that's the thing. I think that's part of what people don't agree on yeah. is that there isn't this admission that people are complicated and messy is that in so many of our minds like oh well, why wouldn't you just believe this it's obviously true so you must obviously be a terrible piece of crap yeah. to not believe this so there isn't that admission that people are complicated or for our purposes that people are dead in their sin
0: yeah yeah we're we're coming up on on mother's day and i was um out shopping getting you know spending way too much on cards for Mother's Day for for me and the kiddos to give, and and one of them said being a mom is, and it had like six things. It was like, you know, fun, incredible, you know, heartwarming, but they were all scratched out, and at the bottom it just said complicated, (laughs) and I think that's that's where we come in at. You know, there's so many things about um, being a follower of Christ that are blessings, right? Mm. But then it's also complicated to live in this world and then to address these things, and, and that's the same with just being human, because you've got people who are still learning and trying to learn. And you know what? If you're trying to learn, I hope your mind does change. Mm, like, I hope you're yeah. realizing that the world is a different place than we thought, uh, because I know it is for me. Like, when I was 7, 8 growing up, like, you know, going to school and playing, the world was a very different place than it is at 34 with kids of my own trying to, you know, make sense of, of craziness. Yeah, yeah. And so what I do with the information I'm receiving is, is very different from being a kid just wanting to play all day to having kids and wanting to protect their right to do that as a kid. Um, but then I'm also seeing as culture changes that there's things that were were not maybe as important 20 years ago. Um, gosh, when I was seven, I was more than that. I'm getting old. <laughs> but versus, you know, 20 weeks ago. Like there's there's just a, a whole lot that's happened that changes how you view things, and I would say, you know, myself personally, I probably find myself pulling away from from either... Uh, from the desire to identify with either party, political party out there, mm-hmm. and maybe any, you know. Um, in more recent conversations, I will tell people, like, I, I'm just kind of independent. Well, then you go, well, so you're more libertarian. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I even want to go down any of those roads. I'm just... I'm kind of removed in this. I'm going to vote. I'm going to do some of that. Um, I'm going to do my research, but not because this party is strictly part of, or this person is strictly part of this party. Mm -hmm. It's going to be because their values line up with what I believe is important as a follower of Christ. Um, And again, it's not
1: like any one person checks all the boxes as much as this or that party or Public Action Committee or activists may want you to believe yeah. that like this is this is the God candidate. I remember yeah. a few years ago seeing, um, I think this was during the McCain-Obama election, that there was all these placards around that said, Vote God. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know he was running. <laughs> I wish he was.
0: Man, that'd solve everything quick, wouldn't it? Uh, well, he came down and refused to run, you That's may right. recall. That's right. That's right. He didn't want anything to do with it either. No, he didn't. And he could have. It would have been very easy. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we had uh, we had Easter a few weeks ago, and uh, Jesus came into Jerusalem for for Passover, and Passover was one was one of the pilgrimage feasts for mm-hmm. the Jews, and so from all over the Roman Empire, the diaspora Jews would come back to Jerusalem three times a year, basically, and Passover specifically was a Jewish religious feast about their people's liberation from a foreign pagan empire. (laughs) So you can imagine how the Romans must have felt about this. So that's why all the Roman soldiers were there and why Pilate was there as well. But the interesting thing that I learned was that um, about a week before Passover, Pilate came down from Caesarea Philippi to Jerusalem, and he came at the head of his legions riding on a white stallion as a conqueror. And in the ancient Near East, if you were entering a city as somebody who was going to rule and subjugate it, you would do it on a white horse. Conversely, Jesus came in riding on a donkey, you know, with with 12 random dudes. (laughs) And in in that culture as well, if you were coming as a king who was going to rule, but rule peacefully and give people autonomy, you would ride in on a donkey. And so... That's the kind of political statement that Jesus makes, that he, he doesn't ignore it. It's not that he doesn't have anything to do with it or that he's not aware of what he's saying, because a lot of the application of his truths have political implications. Yeah. That is true. But that he reminds people, I'm not what you want me to be, and I'm not what you were expecting to be, and, I will, and I'm not going to, do you want us to call down fire on this guy? <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever, or... He, he's just not going to do that, and so we have to keep in mind what what kind of king Jesus is, yeah, because that determines what kind of kingdom we belong to and what kind of images of our king, how, how we should handle ourselves.
0: Yeah, and, and repeatedly through Scripture, we see that we're supposed to be like Christ, minded yeah. like Christ, um, Christ-like, like that there's... Many references. I don't have an exact number, but there's a lot. Uh, I'm sure Google could tell us. At least five. And so if that's the case, what does that look like for us? You know, I mean, even to the earlier point of getting passionate about something, there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And yes, passion is going to be noticed. It's going to be verbalized sometimes. But how do you do it in a way where people take notice without being... If, if I know, can... as, as my daughter, you know, when she was walking out of the room before we recorded, she looked at me and said, don't say anything rude. And that's become <laughs> a, a thing because she's heard my wife say that, like, be nice. Like, we'll be going into somewhere for a conversation or, or somewhere. She's like, please just be nice. Um, if we know there's, you know, could be tough conversation. Yeah. or And so as she's leaving, you know, be nice, Daddy.
1: So to to continue on the kind of... Passover thing. One of the first things Jesus does <coughs> when he gets into the city is he goes to the temple and starts flipping over tables yeah. and saying, "Y'all get out of here." Yeah. And he doesn't hurt anybody. He, I mean, he's using the whip on the livestock and whatever. But uh, you know, th- that would qualify as rude as we would define it. Yeah. And the the thing that I've thought about is how many times had he been to that temple before? It's not the first time yeah. that he's seen this. Surely. Similarly hmm. to some of the people that, he, that ended up getting healed that sat next to this gate or that pool or whatever, that's not the first time he would have passed them. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, but the difference was Jesus knew now is the time. All the other times he just shows up and teaches, you know, yeah. the synagogue or whatever. But They're probably it, hoping, like, hey, maybe
0: they'll hear this this time and actually do yeah. this without me having to, you know. Or I think about he
1: must have been back to Nazareth Dozens of times in his life, hundreds, yeah. but there was something about that one day that he knew to open up the scroll of Isaiah and to say, I'm here to proclaim freedom for the captives and res- restoration of sight for the blind and, yeah. you know, all, all those things, and to say, all right, it's here, It's it's been fulfilled. And I think he, he was in step with the Spirit of God, and as he put it, I only do what I see the Father doing. Yeah. And that sometimes God is very direct and says, this, <laughs> this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. And then other times he handles things differently. So we we have a model. We have a model to go by.
0: And, and that that's even tough. You know, you talk about God being so direct because I feel that and feel that even within my life and things I see in scripture. And that enters another part of the challenge when you've got people who disagree. Mm-hmm. Saying, well, this is what God says. Yeah. You know. Um, doesn't make it any easier for us, does it?
1: No. No, it doesn't. And then
0: what do you do with that, right? <laughs> Especially if they're contradictory things.
1: Well, I think what we, we bear with one another in love. Yeah. Or we try our best to. And that, that should be the foundation of our conversation. It should be seasoned with salt, as, as Paul says. hmm And... Part of the reason that you and I can disagree sometimes is because I think we have a like a, a deep um, investment in each other's well-being, yeah. <laughs> you know. And like I, um, I know that after that disagreement, we're still going to be friends. We're yeah. still going to like care for each other's families yeah, and man, all I'm that still, kind of stuff. I'm still
0: your friend even if you're wrong. Yes, like, it's okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to be, but that's nice. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Cause, and there's a few things I feel like that we've disagreed about that are what's the way to say that that are um, we both felt strongly Yeah, I'm trying to even think of the things we have disagreed about
1: there's only been a couple.
0: There's been a couple and, and I don't feel like it's ever been it's more a way of seeing something that where there is either a biblical case either way or the other or little things like that as opposed to like foundational yeah. things I think um, I could be wrong. You're like no, there's these things,
1: and I, I and I will say to to two things: one to your credit and one to my detriment, <laughs> is <laughs> that I, I felt like even when we were disagreeing, you handled yourself gracefully, and you didn't try to belittle me for what I thought, even though you didn't agree with me. Yeah, like it wasn't no. like it was very much like, hey man, I. I get where you're coming from. I just can't get there. Yeah. But bless you. That That's that's the way I felt treated, yeah. just, just so you know, good, which I good. really appreciate.
0: I'm not always good like that, but I feel like with you, I'm, I'm probably a little better than with, yeah. with others. But.
1: but the other thing is, is that I have to acknowledge that some sometimes I, I can be, like, I'm like anybody else. I can be, I can carry my perspective really strongly, yeah. you know? And part of that's just my personality of, like, I'm, I'm very... Uh, I can wax eloquent <laughs> yeah. on things if, if I believe strongly in them. Like yeah. I, I I try to have reasons why I I was telling somebody this the other day, I feel like there's very little in my life that doesn't have a strong why underpinning it. Right.
0: And then and, there's that's how it should be. I think I would so. argue. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and so as a result, the things that I do think, I tend to think them pretty strongly because yeah. I've I've come to that conclusion through thinking about it and reading and researching and, yeah. and wrestling and all that. But that doesn't mean I'm right all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure that gets annoying for other people to, to have to be in a relationship with somebody who thinks he knows things yeah. most of the time.
0: I, I am very much... I appreciate you saying what you said because I am very much similar in the fact that I can get, be very passionate. And, and I've probably within the last few years tried to more so than state what I think listen to what the other person thinks in those mm-hmm. situations um, I found that more helpful because then I can understand where they're coming from and explain why I have arrived in a different place better than if I'm just trying to shout out where I, I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's a big departure for me. Anyone who knows me that listens to this, who's known me in the past, as opposed to like the last probably few years. And maybe not, maybe I'm not as good as, as I think. <laughs> and, and someone who I met like two days ago was like, yeah, but it, it's been very easy for me to stand on the hill. And try and talk down to people about why they should feel the same way I do, mm-hmm. and that implies that I think I'm right about everything. Which the older I get, the more I realize, oh man, am I wrong <laughs> about a whole lot of things? Or or look at what I didn't know that now I know, and that changes. You know, part of it's my, my position on things has changed, um, yeah, and the way I look at the world. Um, back to the earlier point has changed, and and so the more you see that, the easier it is to be like, yeah, what I mean, what platform do I think I have here to even Speak like that. Something that sticks
1: out to me is um, the Gospels talk about Jesus growing up, and of him they say, or at least one of them, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Jesus grew. Yeah. Jesus started in one place and then went to another. This is very uncomfortable to, but he had skin. You know, he yeah. was a toddler and he got bigger. He didn't. Here, here's another thing. Like when. Jesus limited his his knowledge Absolutely. and he waited he on the father. Yeah, he yeah. humbled himself. He waited on the father through the Holy Spirit to communicate to him. So when Jesus asks questions, it's not because he's trying to trap people necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes he he does that to mess this with is people. Great. Yeah. But but other times it's like he didn't he clearly doesn't know. He yeah. wants an answer. And so I think again it's it's the old cliché. Who should our example be? It yeah. should be Jesus. Yeah. But but literally if if Jesus can grow in wisdom, and that's not sinful, yep. to be wiser today than you were tomorrow, hopefully, that's a pretty good roadmap. Yep.
0: Yeah, I would say so, and probably one we should strive to do. Now, again, you know, there's things that you have to do to get there. Yeah. Right. You're not gonna sit on your couch, clock in eight to five, and go home and just mindlessly sit around and get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it involves being in the Word, and pursuing knowledge, um, which can be dangerous, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, we've had multiple conversations. Well, not, not everyone's going to believe. So if you pursue knowledge and, and you can't understand this, I get that. Um, but I have to think as, as a follower, you know, if we're pursuing Christ and knowledge at the same time, we're going to learn some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> To put it eloquently, (laughs) Uh,
1: the I've I've talked about this before, but um, the the Shema in Deuteronomy six it lists all these things, and and like the the strength, the word for strength in Hebrew, another way to translate it is with all of your muchness, yeah, yeah. which I think is pretty cool, and that includes your political affiliation, that includes your denomination of choice or your um, theological camp or whatever is that those things that's part of your muchness and that that should be submitted to the rule of god just like everything else should
0: yeah and just understanding where some of those things come from you know i mean we mentioned that earlier well are you just not making a decision well no i mean these are labels the world has created Mm -hmm. many of them yeah and um you know, you, you may find conservative values and things like that within scripture, but you're not going to find a reference to the Republican or the Democrat party. I'm I'm sure of it. You know, yeah. you may can twist it to make it fit your narrative and go right ahead. It doesn't make it true. Yeah. But those are worldly things that we have chosen to try and identify with and we're supposed to identify with Christ.
1: And really the bullet point for me humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Yeah. I think we're we should stop trying to lift ourselves. Mm -hmm.
0: I need to work out a little more. (laughs)
1: hey thanks for listening to another episode of the Unbetween podcast episode 33 who'd have thought mm. I feel like I say who'd have thought it every time we put another one out but you're that amazed every <laughs> time at least this break was only a month and not like six months we did that that's true time. we have done that anyway uh, we're glad that you're still listening we're glad to continue to get to have these conversations and we've got a whole bunch of stuff we that, a whole bunch more things that we want to talk about and we we'll hope that you will stick with us as always if you have any feedback you can shoot us an email It's unbetweenpodcast at Mm gmail.com We are on the social medias on Facebook and Instagram at unbetweenpodcast and on Twitter at unbetweenpod Ryan, do you have anything to add in closing? I
0: think you got it Just thank you all again for for bearing with us for listening We will, uh, you know try to keep our rhythm up So, uh, yeah I don't think I got anything else (laughs) (laughs) You covered everything I think we're good I
1: also think we're good
0: Yeah Except we're all bad, because...
1: Here we go.